Welcome to Joy Field and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. This season addresses how to offer non-anxious leadership, even in the midst of painful and often overwhelming circumstances. So much of life is out of our control, and it can be tempting to grasp at solutions in order to feel more stable and even good about ourselves. But what does it look like instead to face these struggles in relationship with God through our community? In this episode, you get to be a fly on the wall during one of my communities of practice meetings to see how they showed up for me in a time of difficulty. Hope you enjoy. Hi there. So today's podcast is a little different because it's actually a recording of one of my leader team meetings. Luke 10, after you do the intro course called Church 101, that's a six-week course, you have the opportunity to join a community of practice with Luke 10, which is people who are dedicated to leading themselves well, first and foremost. And they practice together. Then we train together. We meet twice a month. Most of us are highly skilled uh, moms and dads, spiritual moms and dads. Many people have been in ministry their whole life or in volunteer ministry in some way. And all of us wanting to learn to love our enemies better and love our families better. And so we train, we practice, and we do it in community together. So these communities of practice, one of the things we do we share appreciation stories first, and after we share appreciation stories, then we attune with each other emotionally. And those are big words, but what that really means, attunement is when you you feel someone's feelings with them and you respond appropriately. So we practice doing that together in our communities of practice. And that looks like one person going in around and each person sharing kind of their presenting emotion, the strongest emotion of that day. And then we respond accordingly. So we weep with those who weep and we celebrate with those who celebrate, so to speak. Um, And this particular uh, session that I've recorded for you all, it it was done back in 2020, I think during the summer of 2020. And... I was struggling with um, a decision, an educational decision for my son. And that particular morning was, was presenting very heavy with that struggle. And so I show up on my normal community of practice and I share how I'm feeling. And, and you can see how the community around me attunes to me and offers uh, me what we what we normally do when there's heavy emotions shared we offer we ask one question what would you like from us today and then we share a multiple choice uh, we could just listen to you more and be with you and be glad to be with you no matter what you're feeling we could listen to God together on this situation we could pray for you and for the situation or we could share some stories around when we've been in that kind of situation before, or we could do some advice or and or coaching even around this situation. So we offer that one question, what would you like from us today with these different multiple choices? And we let the person decide what kind of help would be most helpful for them that day, right? Because normally we 
can't read someone else's mind and we don't know what would be most helpful. And there's lots of ways to offer help to people. So in our communities of practice, we practice offering that question. And then we actually practice what it looks like to offer different, all of those different options. And so we get really good at offering all of those different options over time as we practice together. So in this particular one, the reason I'm including it in this series is because this was a seemingly impossible situation for me at the time that I was facing. And you get to see a real life encounter with community of practice around how we listen to God together to get through these seemingly impossible situations. And um, this, this was so meaningful to me that I have saved it. I have written down the verses that people heard and the things that people heard. I feel like so, some of this was very prophetic over my son's life, and I will continue to draw on this as I parent him. So it was incredibly meaningful for me. The other meaningful piece to this for me is how this ends, which you don't see this in the video, I mean, in the recording. But it was so amazing because in the moment, one of uh, one of our, our members shared, I don't think you have all the cards on the table yet. I don't think you can make a decision yet because I, there's something coming that you don't know about. <laughs> and um, that was amazing because it was so true. It was so true. Um, and I'll tell you afterward how this actually ended. Um, and it was really an amazingly creative solution that I, that I didn't even have to invent myself. It, it presented itself to us. So um, I hope that you enjoy hearing how our communities of practice show up for each other. And if you do not have a group of elders, a group of co-laborers uh, that know how to listen to God on your behalf or that you feel safe with, that you can share your heart with, please know that Luke 10 is here for that purpose. We do not exist to replace your local body and your local church community. We exist to train you to show up better in those environments, better for your family, better for your workplace, better for wherever and however you live out church, whether that's in an institutional setting or your business or your family or your house church, etc. So we exist to train you to show up better in those places because a lot we're finding that a lot of people especially leaders in ministry, do not have friends. They don't have peers that they can run with, that they feel like they can share their entire heart with without being judged or without being almost their job being threatened. So Luke 10 provides these training spaces uh, for people who need comrades <laughs> and who need friends to be able to, to share. And once you've encountered what that's like, then it's easier for you to reproduce it locally. So again, we don't replace local, we enhance it and we help you find it or create it. Hope you enjoy this session. So our attunement, I heard Susan, I introduced attunement last week. Glad you guys um, got to talk all about becoming joy-fueled through attunement. So we'll just jump in with that. Um, just take 30 seconds and breathe deeply and just ask, you know, what's my most presenting emotion um, that, yeah, that I'd like to, to just have people attune with me around today. What does that look like? Jump in. And again, I'm going to set my timer to try to do this in two minutes or less. Um, mine is tenderness um, for my son. 
my little Matt Matt um, is starting middle school in August and he did not get into the private school that we applied for and um, because it's overcrowded and he um, he did not get into the zone school that we used to be uh, in the zone for, but we moved out. And so the one that he is slotted to go to is, um, it's an immigrant school, because uh, we live in the uh, immigrant neighborhood that we love. Um, we love living here, but it does mean that that school is, is very far behind as far as academics go. Uh, they're struggling to teach um, you know, in English, because most of the kids, probably 80% of the school population has English as a second language. And um, yeah, I'm deeply concerned about Matt, Matt's future schooling. Um, he has uh, some a lack of social skills, so to speak, meaning that he has a really strong moral compass, like too strong almost, but not. I mean, you, you can never have too strong of a moral compass, right? But it comes along with some judgmental attitude and some like, I don't really care if you don't like me attitude. <laughs> so when he's at school, he'll just come right out and say, you know, what he's thinking, um, which obviously is not well received. And then he could get bullied pretty easily and isolated pretty easily. Um, and, and so, you know, we're concerned about that too, no matter what school he goes to, that that could be a serious concern. The immigrant school might not be as bad actually, because they're all more open and more, um, uh, friendly actually than, than monocultural kids. Um, so I am, I just have a mother's, a real tender heart. I, I don't know. I can't hear, I, I'm not hearing or discerning what the best option is for him. Um, I'm almost scared to listen because I'm scared God won't tell me, <laughs> which is fascinating, right? So I go, oh, that's interesting too. But, you know, and, or maybe I'm scared he'll tell me to homeschool and I don't want to do that at all, at all. Like not happening. I don't even, I can't even go there. Uh, working full time and trying to homeschool is not something I'm, I want to take on at all. I had to do it the last three months and it almost took me down. So I'm tender, probably scared and deeply sad. Um, he's brilliant, by the way, like brilliant. Like he is gifted um, and incredibly brilliant too. So, you know, balancing all of those things. That is probably my presenting emotion today. All right, Jason, what about you? Or Hillary? I'm sorry, yeah. Tony, do you need anything from us today? Did you need us to just listen? Would you like some prayer stories or? listen to Jesus together? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I would love to listen to Jesus with you all because maybe that'll help me hear something like maybe, I don't know, security in numbers. <laughs> like if there's more people listening than just me, <laughs> I think I would love that. Would that be okay if we did that? Yeah. 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 What question would you like us to listen on? Oh, I hate it when you do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge compliment, by the way. <laughs> I've trained you all way too well. <laughs> um, what question? What question? Um, you, you mentioned you just like, don't know what to do. Right, I, I mean, I feel like my question is, what do you want? Where does Matt need to go to school? What does Matt schooling need to look like, right? For Matt to thrive, because I do love him and want him to thrive, and that is my my most my heart's desire, right? Um, 
and obviously if I mean if I have to sacrifice four to eight years of my life to see that happen he's worth it right so um I think that's the biggest question is God what do I need to do right format um what school is the best school for him what options are there um and is there anything you know I need to do I guess I heard you also asked the question what does he need to thrive yeah 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 like my um, hi Karen like I fear uh, immigrant school right but like what if that's exactly where he needs to be to thrive for whatever reason right so if that's the case I just want peace you know like yeah he can go there Tony and I'd be like yeah you know but right now thinking of him going there I feel like I'm killing his his uh ac academic future you know um Karen uh, we're doing an attunement round and Tony checked in rather really with a mother's tender heart towards um, Maddie, her son. Um, he doesn't have a school to go to in August. Um, and the, the school options are, are very strange. Um, so we invited the group to, to listen to Jesus um, on the topic of where does Matt need to go to school? What does he need to do? What does he need in order to thrive? And what does what what does Tony need to do, or what what can we listen to, you know, for her supporting her in this decision? Thanks. Um, I think the other piece to this too is that he also has a kind of a a Joseph complex, is what we're calling it. And we're reading the book of we're reading jo Joseph's story with him right now. But this this whole the world's against me and nothing's fair for me. Like I don't get a fair shot. You know, Annie got accepted into the, the the charter school in the city that's the best school in the whole city. She got accepted into another school that we applied to. And she had like three choices of the best schools in the city to go to. <laughs> Matt has none of them. You know, so it's almost like life circumstances are after him to completely solidify this thought in his mind that God doesn't love him that he doesn't get the best of things, he gets the worst of everything, that life's unfair for him, right? And it's like, you know, I just go, God, he already struggles with that lie already. And now it's like life is like proving this to him, you know? So watching that play out is painful. And, um, you know, I just, yeah. So that's in there as well. Would you guys be up for four or five minutes? I need some nods. Yeah, good. Okay, I'll set a I'll set a timer and bring us back. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks, everybody. Hillary, you want to go first? Yeah, I might cry. <laughs> um, so I just kind of uh, see that started in appreciation with Maddie, just kind of loving him and knowing that Jesus loves him way more than I did in that moment, and just kind of sat there with with Jesus watching Maddie jump on the trampoline. Um, and I asked him just, you know, Jesus, where does Maddie need to go to school? And he says somewhere safe where he'll be seen. But what does he need in order to thrive? And he says myself, Jesus, family and friends, and the patience of a teacher where he can be seen and not ridiculed. And then um, I was noticing, noticing something else. Um, and I, with, I was connected with Maddie's, you know, I feel like the world's, the world's against me. And I've had that thought before looking back on my life. Like I wasn't given options. I wasn't giving options in schooling. My parents just took the decision for themselves. Um, 
but the one the one option I was given was um, my mom in, in all sincerity we didn't know what was going to happen next year and she was um, she you know we were we were sitting in the car and she turns to me and, and just asks do you want to be homeschooled with you know a hundred percent integrity and sincerity and the intent to follow through if if I said yes um thought about it I said no she said me neither and it was great because we both laughed at it because like I didn't I didn't want to but um it was just the the act of of being asked um with with that loving loving kindness was uh was strong to me today so thanks yeah thank you anybody else do you just want to jump in or do you want to go in around? Around, yeah. Julie. Um, I was just prompted to look up the, the meaning of the name Matthew, and which is a gift of Yahweh. And I don't know, my mind was just going to, I think, what was it Hannah um, and Sam, who's, uh, I, I guess I was just thinking, what is a gift? mean it's like an offering and you know not only is Matthew a gift of Yahweh but he is um, for you to have this position of your heart of, of an offering mm -hmm. to keep your offer a, a gift back to God um, and um, I don't know that's just that's what was going through my mind is um, just to uh, look at the name look at the meaning and um, positioning your heart to just offering Matthew back to the Lord as in for him to do what he um, destined him to do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Susan. Yeah. Um, the, the sense that I was getting was there's another option that hasn't presented itself yet. That, mm. um, yeah, it just felt like mm. I, I I don't know. I kind of, I felt like the Lord was just saying, pray about this, hold on to this. Cause mm. I've, there's something you can't see mm. yet. Um, that is kind of the, the best of both worlds kind of idea. So thank you. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> awesome. Karen. Okay. We'll get ready for a big bucket here. Um, um, I might, sure this really I might need you to send sweet. it to me because I want to listen. I don't want to write. <laughs> yeah, okay. It is recorded. Uh, well, first of all, the first thing that came to my mind, which is a parallel to other things, is it's wonderful that these th things are coming to the light right now instead of later in his life, that, that God has a special and precious plan in the revealing of these things in the light now that will his strength will come out of this feeling of weakness. And so just presenting some thoughts of how we have to make the shifts, all of us, not just Maddie, from our negative thinking and emotions to God's love and truth. So what if God is to him? Psalm 18, uh, starting with verse two, you are as real to me as bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff my forever firm fortress, my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape, my tower of rescue where none can reach me, wow. my secret strength and shield around me, you are salvation's 
ray of brightness shining on the hillside, always the champion of my cause. All I need to do is call to you, singing to you, the praiseworthy God. When I do, I'm safe and sound in you. So anyway, it's a truth that yeah, we have to kind of work into sometimes from where we're at. And I include myself on that. And then um, this was something I was going to look up this morning anyway for myself. And the instant we were talking about praying for Maddie, it instantly came to my mind. Awesome scripture of blessing about Joseph. In Genesis 49, verse 23, archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained taut and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. And then skipping down to verse 26, something about a fatherly blessing from his father, Matt, to him. May my fatherly blessings on you surpass wow. the blessings of my ancestors, reaching to the heights of the eternal hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, who is a prince among his brothers. So we'll say among his siblings. What, what will you, Tony, hear from the Lord of a blessing, a, a parent blessing in, in place of what he's struggling with? Uh, so that's it. Jason. Yes, uh, the first thing I heard uh, loud and clear and in block letters was, I am his shield. Mm -hmm. There's a big thud, like, okay, I got that. So I am his shield. Um, I also heard that he has all he needs currently. Um, and so when I was listening, um, I think of listening prayer or any kind of prayers, the opportunity, the sacred opportunity to hold that person's heart in my hands for a few moments and so i was not particularly in in my um hearing i wasn't thinking about the outcome or the school um i went right to his heart and um i also um heard an instead a graham cook instead uh, particularly i wrote it down uh, uh frustration for celebration and the way to move from frustration in his little heart to celebration um, I saw, you know, this current struggle is kind of like uh, he's in the father's house and the older son is like, but it's not fair. I'm not getting everything that he's getting. I'm not getting it all. And I was just praying for his heart to, uh, to hear and to know in his own way that all that the father has is his now. Mm -hmm. And it's such a liberating uh, pathway for the instead from frustration to celebration. Um, and I also heard or thought of the, uh, the phrase, pick up your mat and walk. And there's something I think that he needs to pick up. And that could be his attitude, could be his perspective. There's grace enables us to do and become the person that God sees when he looks at him. And there may be a little uh, adjustment for him in that as he picks up his mat attitude in his walk with the Lord. And that's uh, the way to get from frustration to celebration. That's what I got. Thank you. Um, I heard three things. Um, one felt like he was saying that there's a letting go that he's leading you into, Tony. Um, there's a, a whether homeschooling or public school, something is being formed in you as a mother um, through this process of uh, 
a, a letting go that's that's happening um the, and then right after that was the word relinquish was just just by itself uh relinquish and then the last thing was uh i felt like he was saying that maddie needs protection and you are protecting and you should not feel any shame for that facet of your of your motherhood um as as his protector there's no shame that needs to be attached with that thank you everybody i think everything else said um yeah definitely helps to guide and confirm um all right this is what i heard which you know definitely points to the letting go and the relinquishing zach <laughs> scared i'm scared of getting it wrong with him like we did with Allie. of course feeling like we got it wrong with Allie, which is also a lie probably but just scared so many things and i didn't even write them down because they were just like images popping and i didn't have time to write them and then I just sensed the Lord say, um, can you trust me with your son? You need to look at Joseph's story from the parent's perspective. And then I was just like, uh, I'm blowing my eyes out, of course, because I mean, his dad gave him the coat and it was that act that actually led to, you know, the horrid thing that happened to him that his brothers did, right? So, I mean, from a parent's perspective, Joseph could blame himself for the rest of his life for being a bad parent or whatever. Um, but I, but obviously we see it was a, it was a bigger story, right? God had a bigger story for Joseph's life and it wasn't about his dad being a bad dad or whatever, right? It was about God putting Joseph where he wanted him. And so I just sensed and say, I had his story every step of the way. And I was moving him into his destiny, which one of you guys said that too. I was moving him into his destiny. You cannot thwart my calling on his life, Tony. You're not that powerful. <laughs> so one of the fears, right, is like, I'm going to make some decision and he won't become the man of God you chose him to become because I did something stupid. <laughs> like put him in an immigrant school or try to homeschool him when that's not who I am. You know, like, and that was just fun. I, I, it makes me laugh when God says things like that. It's kind of a joking sort of like, yeah, yeah I know you think you're really bad but you're really not like that. I don't think you can thwart my calling on him. Uh, look at things as experiments over the next few years with him. And that helps let go, that relinquishing and that letting go, right? Because if I can go, okay, this semester will be an experiment and we'll just do what God leads us to do and see how that goes. And if it turns out really bad, well, we'll take a different experiment. <laughs> And that's a lot easier than thinking the next four years of his life, you know, making a decision that would involve that. I can bring it back to these short experiments um, that help me let go, I think, a lot more. Um, and I, I feel like all the words you guys have given is, is really good um, direction for me to be meditating on and in and have ready just in time when Matt Matt needs those words. Um, so thank you. I'm going to have them literally in a note file on my phone so that when, when he needs them, I have them on the tip of my tongue to share with him. So thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. So there you have it. Um, an amazingly beautiful time with my people, my community of practice. People all over the United States were in that call, but they've become family to me. And we 
uh, sacrifice to see each other. We make every effort we can to be together whenever we can physically because our hearts have been so bonded through practicing uh, real life together over the internet, which is so strange, isn't it? But how did that story end? That's what I want to share. So none of us could see that that was the year that COVID would shut down schools. And so Matt actually got to be somewhat homeschooled and uh, online educated. So I didn't have to carry the whole curriculum load as a a mom working full time, but I did get to be with him as he was home. So it was a very strange situation where he actually got to stay home and be homeschooled to some degree. And uh, we didn't have to to really worry about um, that whole process. Although working from home, homeline educating was definitely a a challenge in and of itself. Um, But in the end, he actually has gotten into the school his sister got into. And so this year, he is now in um, in that charter school or that uh, magnet school, which is a blessing to my heart. And we will see where that goes. But it's still a struggle with him and school. And I'm still listening and thankful for my community to listen with me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Joyfield and Jesus Led. If you would like to find a community of practice for yourself, please sign up for an intro call with Luke 10 today, lk10.com. Until next time.